Greetings. Welcome to my gingerbread house. What can I do for you, my dear? You look like you've come a long way. I'll tell you what. Why don't you come inside, just until the rain lets up? I'll get you a nice, warm drink. Is hot chocolate good with you? Or I can offer you a cup of candy cane tea? Or caramel? Or strawberries and cream? There are so many options. Alright, you sit down by the fire, and I'll get that to you in a moment. Have you come far? I'd say I don't get a lot of visitors out here in the middle of the woods, but people do come to see me if they are in need. I sell various potions and poultices, as well as a few more... magical things. They bring me stories from all around the world. It can help sometimes, if they're in pain, to talk while I work. If you want, I could share a few of them with you now. There isn't really much else to do here, I'm afraid. How about... Oh, I know. I'm sure you've heard of Snow White, but do you know the story of her stepmother? Get yourself settled. There we go. Once upon a time, there were three princesses. The first and third princess, the eldest and the youngest, were renowned throughout the kingdom for their beauty. The second princess was not. Now, that isn't to say that she wasn't beautiful, just that the people of the kingdom sang songs about her sisters, and how beautiful they were, and how their eyes sparkled. Only one person sang songs about the second princess, and that was the kitchen boy who worked at the palace. Now the second princess latched onto this flattery. The kitchen boy paid her attention in a way that no one else ever had before, and she began to crave his attention. She hung around in the kitchen, sitting on the counter while he peeled potatoes, telling him about her lessons and listening to the stories he had to tell of the common folk. Her parents learned of their friendship, and they did not approve. Princesses do not hang around with kitchen boys. After a heated argument, the princess promised sulkily that she would not go into the kitchens again. But she waited by the door, not technically entering the room, and would catch her kitchen boy by his arm whenever he passed her by. They were best friends, thick as thieves, and it was rare to see one of them without the other. She'd take him to the castle library, where she'd read books to him, because he couldn't read. But he loved stories, and he especially loved listening to her tell them. And he, in turn, took her out of the castle, dressed in the clothes of one of the kitchen maids, and educated her on how to barter in the marketplace, and where the food on her table came from, and how to choose the best cuts of meat from the butcher. And one day, after many years of a beautiful friendship, the king fell dreadfully sick. Now first in line to inherit the throne was the first princess. Our princess, the second, was not too optimistic about this. The time her older sister had spent being praised for her beauty had led her to become self-centred, egotistical and cruel. The people rejoiced for their beautiful new queen. But our princess sat in her bedroom alone and cried 
the evening after her sister's coronation. She had just lost her father, after all, and her sister had always known exactly which insecurities to pick at to make her feel her weakest. She could not live in the palace any more, she decided. Couldn't live in a kingdom where her cruel older sister held all of the power. She found her kitchen boy, and said she was going to see about marrying a noble from another kingdom. They both cried, because there was no way she'd be allowed to bring a kitchen boy with her. But then they thought, May maybe we could use some black magic. Maybe there is a way that we can go together. They sought out a witch who lived in the deepest, darkest part of the forest. And the princess explained that she needed to get away from her sister the queen, but she couldn't bear to be apart from her best friend. Was there any way she could bring him with her? The witch asked the kitchen boy what he would be willing to give up for his princess. Anything, he said. So she transformed him into a mirror, the most beautiful wall-mounted mirror that you could possibly imagine, encrusted with jewels, inlaid with gold. Initially the princess was horrified, but the mirror's surface was dark and opaque and swirled with a sort of mist. And when she called her kitchen boy's name, the mist settled in the shape of his face, and he could speak with her still. The new queen was more than happy to marry off her ugly younger sister, and our princess found herself marrying the king of a faraway kingdom. She, of course, brought her magic mirror with her. He hung in her bedroom, and every day she asked her kitchen boy if he thought she looked pretty, if this queenly dress suited her, if she was the most beautiful person in all the land. And every day he told her that she was. A few years into her marriage, her husband had an affair with a minor noble, which ended in the noblewoman's death and the birth of an illegitimate daughter. Our queen had been unable to have a baby thus far, so the king made this daughter with another woman his heir. When he died, she would be the queen. Now our queen was devastated by this news. Her husband had apparently felt her so ugly, so unattractive, so broken, that he had sought out another woman to love. And now she had their baby, living in her home, a constant reminder that she wasn't ever enough for anybody, not even her husband. Years passed. The queen loathed her stepdaughter, and her hatred made her bitter and twisted, and just as cruel as her sister had once been to her. The princess, whose mother in her final moments had named her Snow White for the weather outside on that cold winter's day, did not take her stepmother's cruelty to heart. She tried hard to understand her hatred, and remained kind and sweet always. And she grew up into a beautiful young woman. The king died, and our queen knew in her heart that Snow White should now be the queen. But that doesn't mean she wanted her to be. One morning she asked her magic mirror who was the prettiest in all the world, as she did every morning and her kitchen boy told her that she had become just as ugly, as bitter, as twisted as her sister, that Snow White was prettier, inside and out. The queen was furious. Her fury drove Snow White away from the castle in search of safety. She found it deep in the forest, in a cottage owned by seven dwarves. Our queen sought out the best hunter in the kingdom, and hired him to find Snow White. She asked that he bring her her heart, as proof that he had killed her and provided a beautiful ornate box with silver etched into the woodwork to put the heart in. The hunter went into the forest, where he found Snow White, but she was so kind and so sweet and so understanding of his task that he couldn't find it in himself to kill her. 
he killed a wild boar instead and brought its heart back to the queen in the box she'd provided. The queen was delighted until the huntsman was long gone and she was alone in her bedroom with her mirror on the wall. That's the heart of a pig, said her kitchen boy, not Snow White. And the queen concluded that if you want something done right, then you must do it yourself. She compiled a disguise and went to visit the cottage in the forest while the seven dwarves were out at work. On her arm was a basket of ribbons, and she posed as a woman selling them. She offered to show Snow White how to lace her bodice with one of the ribbons, and said that she could keep it if she liked it when she was done. Snow White was so sweet, so unsuspecting, that she agreed, and the queen in her disguise tied the ribbons so tightly that Snow White couldn't breathe. Her bodice was far too tight, her chest squeezed and squeezed so that her lungs struggled to take in enough air to sustain her little life, and she fell to the floor unconscious. The queen returned home to the palace in high spirits. But the next morning when she asked her kitchen boy if she was the prettiest in the land once more, he told her that her jealousy and her hatred was corrupting her to do terrible things. But after a bit of conversation, he let slip that Snow White was alive. The dwarves had returned home in time to cut the ribbon and get air back into her lungs. The queen sulked, and then she raged for a bit. And then she purchased some less than savoury ingredients from a shady supplier went to the kitchens and dismissed all of the staff, and she poisoned some apples. The disguise she put on this time was more elaborate. She wore a wig of thin grey hair and a dark cloak, and painted on wrinkles and bags beneath her eyes with expensive makeup to age herself decades. And she went to the cottage in the woods once more, and this time she tried to sell Snow White an apple. Snow White had been told by the dwarves not to open the door to anybody. They were worried her murderer might return to try and finish the job. Rightfully so, as that's exactly what the Queen had done. The Queen was clever, and she convinced Snow White to speak to her through a window. She couldn't very well strangle her through a window, could she? And she passed Snow White an apple through the window to try, and tried not to smell too hard, as her stepdaughter fell lifelessly to the floor. She returned home, and for a few days... She was very happy with herself. Her kitchen boy was disappointed with her, but recognised that with Snow White out of the picture, she was less bitter, a bit more like her old self. And then one day, a few weeks after the poisoned apple incident, the kitchen boy told the queen that there was a new queen in a nearby kingdom, who they said was very beautiful, with thick black hair and beautiful dark eyes. Curious, the queen attended the coronation of the new queen, and recognised her immediately as Snow White. She wasn't sure how she'd survived the poison apple exactly, but she was livid. Snow White recognised her stepmother from atop her carriage and pointed her out to her new husband, and the handsome young king was not as soft-hearted as his wife. He ordered the queen be hauled out of the crowd by the guards and executed. And as she died, the mist faded from her magic mirror, swirling back deep into oblivion and the queen and her kitchen boy embraced once more. Thank you for listening to The Gingerbread House. This week's episode was inspired by Snow White, a German story most famously adapted by the Brothers Grimm. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing our podcast with a friend. It really does mean a lot to us. The Gingerbread House is written and produced by Daisy Plant, who also provides the voice for Melita the Witch. You can also find us on Twitter at GingerbreadPod, all one word. Again, thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about the subtle strength of a particular tiny vegetable. <laughs>